Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Today on State of the World, the oil-rich country hosting this year's International Climate Summit. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories, up close where they're happening. It's Tuesday, December 5th. I'm Greg Dixon. COP28, the annual global climate summit, is being held in Dubai this year. And scientists are saying all the things you're used to hearing at this point, that the need is urgent for countries to come together to limit the warming of the planet. However, that message is being delivered in the United Arab Emirates, a country that is a major oil and gas producer. To examine this tension, Deepa Fernandez talked to NPR's Aya Batrawi, who's at the conference in Dubai. So we're here at the site of the World's Fair here a few years ago when Dubai hosted that. It's like this man-made Disneyland scene around us. It's hot here. So climate change very much affects this country. So it's not just that climate change impacts this region and it could make it unlivable even in the winter times, but so too does this idea of cutting fossil fuels out of our lives because this country's economy, despite so many very good strides and efforts to diversify their economy, they still rely on oil exports for the bulk of their revenue, 60% of their revenue, actually, according to the IMF. So it's an existential crisis for them, both with climate change and the fact that if the world suddenly turns to a new source of energy, what happens to these Gulf countries clout they get from this oil wealth? So they've pledged to cut their carbon emissions to nearly zero in the coming decades. But they also plan to keep increasing and boosting oil production, and they expect that demand to rise in places like China. So they'll cut emissions domestically, but that will burn somewhere else, right? So attention now is, of course, on the UAE as host of COP28 and the man that they chose to lead these talks. His name is Sultan El Jaber, the CEO of Abu Dhabi's national oil company. He's an oil executive. Mm -hmm. However, he's also the chairman of one of the Middle East's biggest renewables companies, and he's driving investments into that energy transition because the Gulf countries know that's coming. Mm. So tell us more about Sultan al-Jaba. Well, he's grabbed headlines for a number of things already since these talks began last week. First of all, a lot of money being spent. They pledged $100 million to a new loss and damage fund that is supposed to go towards helping countries mitigate the effects of climate change. But activists are saying you're going to need hundreds of billions of dollars a year in this fund to mitigate the effects of climate change on you know small island countries and countries in Africa that are really impacted. He's announced billions in new financing for renewable energy projects around the world. They came out with this big splashy charter for oil and gas companies where they promised to reduce their methane emissions in the production of oil and gas, but not actually cutting oil and gas. And Al Jaba had some very controversial comments, which were reported on by The Guardian, where he appeared to outright deny climate change. Tell us about that. He said in a Zoom just a few weeks before this climate summit started that there's no science out there that says the phase out of fossil fuels is what's going to achieve 1.5 degrees Celsius within reach. And that's just not correct. So yesterday he sought to clarify that as the president of COP28. Here's what he told reporters. We fully understand the urgency behind this matter. And we're here because we very much believe and respect the science. 43% of global emissions must be reduced by 2030. 
So what about the backlash to his comments? Because, I mean, I assume climate activists and many people at the summit are not happy with what he said. Many were already not happy with him leading this to begin with. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of climate activists here that really want to be heard. And it's also a really rare opportunity for there to be protests in the UAE. Protests are banned in the UAE. But I happened to meet the Amnesty International Secretary General, Agnes Calamard, who got a visa here because of the COP28 summit. Otherwise, she wouldn't have probably been allowed into the country. Um, And here's what she told me about Al Jabra leading the climate talks. I mean, problematic doesn't even come close to the way we should feel about the president of a climate change conference making statements that are not science-based, that goes against everything we should stand for, and trying to spin those statements over and over again afterwards. And there are other protesters here that are also frustrated with the restrictions that they say they have faced. They have to seek permits in advance from the UN. They can't call out countries by name. They can't protest outside the UN Blue Zone anywhere in Dubai. But despite these restrictions, they're saying, like, our voices have to be heard and they want to tell world leaders at the summit this is about people, not profits. So finally, Aya, we're almost halfway through the summit with very little achievement being announced so far. What's expected? What do you think can come out of this? So Sultan Al-Jabra told reporters, just wait and look at what we're going to achieve by the end of this. Give us a chance. Look at the negotiating text, what comes out of this. They might come out with language that says there should be a phase down in fossil fuels, which is a step in the right direction, according to climate activists and scientists. But again, it's still early. These talks take two weeks. They can run over time. They've done that in the past. So let's see what they come out in another week or so. That's NPR's Aya Betrawi at COP28 in Dubai. And that's the state of the world from NPR. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. Imagine a house where every room follows a different architect's plan. Doorways don't connect. Staircases lead nowhere. Lost Patients is a new podcast examining our complicated system for treating psychosis, one that loses patients to an endless loop between the streets, jail, and hospitals. We'll ask how it got so bad and how it can get better. Listen to Lost Patients from KOW and the Seattle Times, part of the NPR Network. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXLLearning.com.